Welcome to The Gunning Truth, an Arsenal deep dive analysis in association with the Arsenal Cape Town official supporters club. I'm Ronnie, personal trainer, sports analyst and Arsenal extraordinaire, if I can say so myself. This podcast is everything Arsenal. I want to analyse the Arsenal. I want to see what it is that we can actually do this season by portraying my analysis, my deep dive analysis on the Arsenal and also trying to create a form of content where there's a different thinking when it comes to Arsenal because we as supporters, we've got our certain ways, we've got our opinions, but we've got our way that we support the Arsenal. This podcast is an analysis of that thinking itself as well as an analysis on what goes on behind the scenes at Arsenal or what we assume happens behind the scenes, as well as being able to analyse what goes on on the field. I feel that uh, it's a season to be excited by. However, in the last 10 days or so, since the Jesus signing, I'm just a little bit worried about where we are in comparison to our rivals because I feel third place, not just fourth, third place is up for grabs. I feel that uh, you get a difference between a proactive club in the transfer window and a reactive club in the transfer window. And I feel proactive clubs are Manchester City. They have their plans. They've sold quite a few players, including selling one to us, and they might be selling two to Chelsea. And then there is obviously maybe one or two other players that they might sell as well. And then they might still buy more players coming in. And then you get, get Liverpool. They've also, they're also reactive. Obviously, they are in the Champions League. They are doing well in terms of their product that they are selling to their fans and possible new fans. So all the income that they generate is positive. And that goes towards being proactive in the transfer market. And obviously, they are a club that players wants to go to. And then you get, obviously, Chelsea and Man United that have the ability with cash reserves and new ownerships. Uh, they can actually outspend Arsenal specifically, especially with certain players that we have been linked with that uh, Manchester United and Chelsea seemingly uh, are also in for it. Looks like Manchester United are going to get uh, uh, Mr. Martinez, Lisandro Martinez, the Argentinian defender. Now, my take on Martinez is, uh, yes, he has an uh, affiliation with Eric Ten Hag at Ajax, but I feel it's possible that it's, well, obviously it's money, first of all, so Man United will probably offer more money to Ajax. And that is why Arsenal might have pulled out because we are looking for sufficient cover rather than a starting player. So I, I'm not entirely sure if Martinez will start because on the left side of Man United, they've got this youngster that they brought in from Netherlands. They've got Luke Shaw. They've got Alex Telles. If it's now for left back. However, Man United also has Varane. I think he plays on the left of their defence. Yes, he's injured quite often. And then I think they have Lindelof as well. So they're going to have... It's the same situation. They've also got competition for places. And it doesn't seem like Martinez will be ahead of the, men, the above-mentioned players. So the same situation at Arsenal. Gabriel, left centre-back. And then, obviously, Saliba can play right and left, as well as holding. 
And then you've got at left back, we've got the Tierney situation that's currently taking place. And we are very likely going to sell Tavares. So if I analyze the Martinez situation, I don't think it's worth it for us to pay 52.5 million pounds for a player that is very likely not going to start. We can't have a Ben White and Lissandro, Ma Lissandro Martinez uh, being our two centre-backs in a specific game because they are both short. And uh, I think uh, where Martinez is more tackler, you've got the ball-playing skills of uh, Ben White. He must just stop going quick, going down, uh, uh, tackling, uh, l tackling the guys low, as they call it. So uh, that is my uh, deep dive part one, where I feel that... Uh, we can be excited with the season ahead. However, there are certain things that need to be put into place. And next up, I will discuss the transfers so far. The transfer window so far for the Arsenal. I, I'm very excited. I, I, I mention this all the time. I'm not somebody that gets very excited when it comes to Arsenal's transfer business because I've got this deep thinking that... Uh, what exactly are the Cronkies offering the manager that's currently in charge? Are they going to be... I know they've been spending a lot. So let's say we've been spending 150, 150 last two windows and then obviously around about 200 very likely uh, at the end of this window. Remember, we're not in, we haven't been in Europe. We're about to go back into Europe now, but we haven't been in the Champions League. So that TV money and sponsorships hasn't been there. So refinancing debt... Uh, it's something that I've looked into, so whereby we are able to have some sort of funds available towards transfers. So that's quite a, 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 a deep analysis of where does money come from. The Cronkies, uh, technically, they haven't put money into the club uh, other than during the pandemic when they uh, aided the, the, the football clubs, you know, the general running of the football club during the pandemic or the worst of the pandemic. So it's very difficult to sit this out of the world and figure out exactly what it is that the manager is getting. But he is being backed. He is being backed whether some people feel it's enough or not. The reason why we have to kind of overspend is because we are getting, I would say, back to the start. That's what's called the project. They basically needed to get players with high wages off the wage bill and then start building by getting maybe I would call it second or third tier talent that's not quite at that level yet they need to be developed and coached by the coaching team and the management team to be able to get to a certain level which is something that we are seeing like a Gabriel Magalash that's been signed for a certain fee he's got obviously got loads of potential as a big robust defender but can also play out from the back. Eh? So don't, don't forget that part of Gabriel. And uh, so he's developing. So he obviously will go from a certain wage level to another wage level as he develops and as he starts to get, gather interest or garner interest from big clubs in Europe. I don't know why Juventus is interested in him because they cannot afford him. And then obviously he's a, going to be a Brazilian international maybe not regular but he will be part of the squads going forward so that's an example of where we were and where we are going to so we got rid of the Williams the Mesut Ozil's the Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang getting those wages off the wage bill even like a Z and then obviously building on so I've 
if I've read correctly, we've got Thomas Partey, 200,000 pounds per week with bonuses, which he won't obtain because he's not fit enough for the whole season. And then Jesus, who has easy, easily obtainable bonuses in his 200,000 pounds per week wage. So he could possibly get probably up to 250,000 if he hits his bonuses, which uh, obviously we don't know what those bonuses are. So uh, that is the, the transfer window so far. Uh, we have obviously not done a lot of business when it comes to strengthening the starting lineup. I understand we are looking at two things. We want to strengthen the starting lineup, especially in the key areas where we fell short last season. And there's quite a few areas. I don't put blame on Ben White and Gabriel for the reason why we conceded the amount of goals we conceded last season. Because technically we were better. There were certain games where we conceded three plus goals, which makes it worse when you look at the season overall. However, we had more clean sheets than ever last season. So Ramsell's form in the post the injury that he had in the international break, the last international break, his form was a little bit dicey. He probably had one good game uh, post that the final international break of last season. So with regards to the back five, I feel we've got a solid back five. If you analyze the games that they've played together, Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, Ben White, Gabriel Magalhaes, and Kieran Tierney, if they can play together long, the results are there. They actually did well. They didn't concede many goals. And if they do, it's not necessarily the defensive structure, but more the midfield. And that is where we should have, by the time of this podcast, we should have had two midfielders in. Now, uh, Thomas Partey needs to stay fit. Everybody knows this. It's, it's, it's quite simple. For our 4-3-3 with a single pivot to work, Thomas Partey needs to be fit. Kieran Tierney needs to be fit. And Tomeyasu, the three T's. I'll always mention them in podcasts going forward. The three T's needs to be fit for Arteta's system to work from a defensive standpoint. We are addressing the attacking standpoint whereby we've got Vieira coming in. And uh, he basically can play mostly on the left side of midfield, whereby Odegaard plays towards Saka's side on the right. So there is a little bit of a difference. More progressive in the final third, he takes shots. So you can look at him as a Bruno Fernandes part two, hopefully much better. And obviously not annoying, uh, hopefully. But maybe we do need annoying players. Players like Richarlison and Bruno Fernandes that I can't stand. We maybe need that in our team. So that teams can be annoyed at us because we tend to get irritated in games or annoyed at these type of players, Son, Richarlison, Bruno Fernandes, these divers and, uh, or shall I say, soft players. Uh, we tend to get annoyed at those type of players in games. So when it's a frustrating 10 to 15 minute period of these type of players falling all over the ground and cynical diving, that creates fouls and that creates a certain tension within the game. But that's something completely different. We got in Marquinhos, who at first I couldn't understand why we paid 3.5 million euros for him. However, it's Arsenal's way of creating some sort of uh, combination with Sao Paulo by paying that money, which they didn't need to pay because he's, he's on this strange Brazilian rule where uh, he could go for free. But we wanted to, cre to create a partnership with Sao Paulo. So I can understand that. And he looks exciting on YouTube, but obviously end product isn't there. 
but uh, he looks similar in terms of the way he plays to Martinelli at that age, coming from the Brazilian ranks. So I'm hoping that he gets enough game time in preseason. We've got three games uh, coming up, and Sunday is the first one against Everton in Baltimore, America. So let's hope that uh, we can actually get to see Marquinhos because I'm hoping that if he can play on the right that we've got then sufficient depth however he's probably not going to come with that goal scoring ability and that is why I still feel that we need a right-sided winger because I feel Saka can play left or right uh, equally effective and I also feel that in the next two years or so Saka could possibly be playing in a midfield three uh, whereby you've got your defensive midfielder in the single pivot and then you've got your two, uh, uh, your, your number six and your number eight. So I feel that uh, Saka will eventually probably become one of the best left-sided midfielders or right-sided midfielders uh, in a 4-3-3, uh, the three that is just behind the forwards. However, for now he is our right winger. Other signings, Matt Turner, I I don't want to get, go overboard in preseason, but I didn't like what I saw. What I saw on in the in the preseason game against Nuremberg in terms of the technical aspects of goalkeeping. I can understand it's his first game. Must also remember it's not as if he's coming out cold. He actually played the American season runs a bit differently, so he has been playing. So uh, I'm hoping it's just nerves. First game, he's an Arsenal fan, and maybe he tried too hard. That's the only thing that I can give him for now. So we'll see how he goes in the three games in the United States. So we're playing Everton on Sunday morning early at this moment in time. There's a 20 past one time slot that the game comes on South African time. And on uh, the DSTV guide, it's showing the Crystal Palace game from the day before. And then 20 past three in the same tournament that Arsenal's playing in. The Chelsea game is being televised. So I don't know what's happening with uh, Supersport. But I can only assume that Arsenal told Supersport that they are charging Arsenal fans five pounds in the UK. And I think 30 Rand in South Africa to be able to stream the game live. But that's our transfer business so far. I, I feel, uh, before I forget, how can I forget Gabriel Jesus? What an amazing 45 minutes when he came on. Hunger, pace, pressing ability, shooting ability, and finishing ability. I can't wait to see him play against Crystal Palace on the 5th of August. That's going to be one debut to remember. I'm hoping that he stays fit. I'm hoping that he stays hungry during preseason, bangs in a lot of goals so that he can lead the line. And there is this possibility of playing 3-1-4-2 I think it is uh, whereby in Ketia this is when we are attacking when we may be chasing the game or it's 0-0 against a deep playing team and we want to play a little bit attacking I think 3-1-4-2 could possibly work uh, with uh, I can say uh, Saka playing a little bit deeper Smith Rowe on the left of a 4 and then you've got Nketiah and Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus. I've actually started thinking about this 3-1-4-2, especially when we're in trouble. So you could have Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White as a 3, Thomas Partey as the 1. The 4, you can have ESR, left wing back, right wing back, Saka, and then 
new signing and Odegaard Oviera in the two. And then, yeah, Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus. So a 3 one 4 2 is a formation to watch out, especially in preseason when we're trying to uh, look at getting goals. So, uh, yeah, that's basically the transfer so far, as well as looking into the preseason as well as tactics for this upcoming season. Watch out for the 3 one 4 2, but I think we're going to play 4 3 3 with a single pivot if everybody's fit. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be Thomas, Xhaka and Odegaard in the 4-3-3 or the three-man midfield. Uh, I think we need to move on from Xhaka now. I, I really feel that we need to now move on and we need to see over a longer period of time uh, if we are not going to sell him, if he can be happy enough being on the bench because he hasn't actually been on the bench for periods of time. Uh, we need to move on from him, I feel. And... It's not going to work if it's going to be Thomas Partey, single pivot, and then just ahead of him, uh, Vieira and Odegaard. I don't think that's going to work. If it does, I'll be shocked, especially with the physicality of the Premier League. But uh, it's something we should try in the Europa League, though. A single pivot, uh, Sambi or El Nini, and then try Odegaard and Vieira in the Europa League. Uh, or Patino and Vieira, you know, the small type of number 10 slash 8s and see if we can work both of them in. So that is, I think, the tactics for this upcoming season that we can look forward to. 4-3-3 and 3-1-4-2. So the players I think that we should be looking out for for the rest of this transfer window. So we've obviously plugged certain gaps and we are looking at certain players. So I want to actually analyze the players that we are mostly linked with. I know there's hundreds and thousands of players that we are linked with and 98% of the stories are untrue. But players that I feel, or let me first discuss the players that we are currently linked with in certain positions. So it seems like we're good in right back, uh, Cedric and Tommy Yasu, so it doesn't look like, even though I would obviously prefer uh, using uh, Norton Cuffey, our new youngster that's been, uh, well, he's not new, but he's been in the system, the Arsenal Academy for a couple of years. And they've actually done a whole preview on his time at Lincoln City. So that means they are big on him. And uh, hopefully he can kind of take Cedric out of the team because I, I don't really like, I, I think Cedric is one of those players like El Elneny, uh, very good for the squad. He seems to be well liked by everybody. And uh, the fact that there's so many Portuguese-speaking players, they all seem to gel quite well. But uh, in terms of performance, we need to move on from certain players. I do understand that there's going to be the likes of Xhaka, Cedric, Elneny. These are the type of players that I would, uh, and Nketiah, under normal circumstances, get rid of. Holding as well. But I don't think we can get rid of absolutely every single one. So I still feel that's also still part of the process where we can't quite... Uh, get rid of every single one that we deem as maybe a B-class player. But uh, right-back seems to be sorted in terms of the Arsenal thinking. Right-centre-back seems to be sorted. It's very likely going to be White and Saliba. Even though Saliba likes to play on the left uh, side of a two. Then Holding will cover right and left. Saliba will cover right and left. However, I think Arsenal are still looking for a left-sided uh, defender. So someone that can play centre-back and left-back. Now, Martinez would have been perfect if it wasn't for that high fee. I think Man United's going to pay 
between 55 and 60 million euro, which I think is just over 50 million pounds. And I don't think Arsenal were willing to go higher than 40, I think it is. And I'm actually surprised that if it is that they bid 40 million pounds, that they were willing to go that far. I don't think for the stature of the player, the experience of the player in the league, that that is something that we should go for, for someone that's going to cover positions. So I think we're definitely looking at a left-sided player. Two players that's error-prone that we are currently linked with, and that concerns me, is uh, Matt Vienko. I think he plays for Shakhtar Donetsk, Ukrainian left-sided player. He plays mostly a left centre-back, but can play left-back as well. And then Alex Grimaldo, I think he's a Spanish left-back that plays for Benfica in Portugal. So both are the type of players that I think we could go for or would go for because they're not quite going to usurp Gabriel and Tierney. However, they are going to be what is deemed good backup. So those are players that currently being linked with. I wouldn't go for any of the two. My personal opinion and having watched them because they do have errors in them and in the Premier League, it's almost like if there's a magnifying glass. So they will very likely make mistakes even though they are relatively experienced but it seems like those are the type of players we're looking at we're looking at left-sided players when it comes to defense because we're a bit concerned about Tierney and uh, I think we're not going to keep Pablo Mari please he needs to go uh, so we need a left-footed centre-back uh, as well so a second left-footed centre-back so even though Saliba and Holding are, are comfortable on the left side of defence they are right-footed and Arteta said before in his analysis that he likes to have two left-footed centre-backs and two or three right-footed centre-backs that's versatile so not that I want to see Saliba and White play right-back they can play on the right side of uh, or the right side of a three the three men uh, middle of the defence or right back. So that's defensively. I'm very concerned about the goalkeeping situation because if there's an injury to Ramsdale or a loss of form, I'm not convinced. And I was, I was hopeful because Matt Turner played mostly as the starting. I know Zach Steffen for the, the Man City goalkeeper interchanges with uh, Matt Turner for the United States men's national team. However, I, I'm i concerned from the technical things that I saw against Nuremberg. Not necessarily because it's his debut, but uh, more the technical things that I saw. But that's the backside of things. Uh, I think we need one player, not two, that can cover centre-back and left and left-back. And... I might be contradicting myself here, but I, I would like to see Zinchenko because he's a left-back and he plays midfield for Ukraine. So it's, it's a tough one. So it's either going to be the likes of Matvienko that can play left centre-back and left-back. It's going to be Grimaldo that can play left-back and left-wing. Or it's going to be Zinchenko who can play left-back or central midfield. So that's the type of players I think we are currently linked with. I'm not aware of any other left-sided players that we are linked with. That's legit. Then in midfield, sure, I think we need two central midfielders. I do believe we need to move on from Xhaka. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Leungberg, Emery, Wenger, Arteta always play the guy. So it doesn't seem like that's going to change unless a decent suitable offer of 20 million plus comes in. I think that uh, we're going to see a lot of Xhaka still. However, the Tillemans situation. I think 
that are that is Arsenal's number one target, not Milinkovic, Savic, and Paqueta, because uh, I feel that uh, those are smoke screens, or it's a tactic of Arsenal, which the European teams uses on us, to get the Tielemans deal done. The only story that I believe is that Man- uh, Leicester City has been asking forty million plus and not. 35, 25 or 30 million pounds for the player. I think that's why the deal isn't done. Leicester City wants 40 million plus and I don't think Arsenal's going to pay that. That's why we are waiting or biding our time to be able to pay between 25 and maybe 32 at most. 30 million plus add-ons at worst, but uh, which I think is fair. Excellent player. Didn't have a, a great season last season, but I think it's because... His head has been turned. He wants to come to the Arsenal. So for me, I would prefer Malinkovic-Savic, but I think that's an Italian uh, Italian media rumour rather than we really have bid for him. But my personal choice would be Malinkovic-Savic and then move Xhaka on. I would even think about possibly seeing if we can't get him to go to Lazio and then pay Lazio £40 million because they, they seemingly want 70 million for uh, Milinkovic-Savic, 70 million euros. So I don't know if a 40 million plus Xhaka deal would work for... I don't even know if Arsenal would want to go for that because they are in love with the Xhaka guy. That's something that I would think of if, if that was possible, but I don't think Milinkovic-Savic wants to come to Arsenal or the Premier League. Does he want to? Uh, I know he's been linked with United a couple of seasons ago for 100 million euro I think the season they got Pogba but my wish would be Malinkovic-Savage but I think Arsenal's going to get Tillemont that's midfield uh, we do need a right winger that can score goals and I don't think Nabri is going to be the one because his wages uh, will be 300,000 pounds per week plus and I don't think we're going to break the 200,000 per week plus bonuses structure at this moment in time, uh, unless we have Champions League football, of course. So I think next season there's a possibility for Nabri if we make the Champions League, but uh, I don't think we are in for him this season. He wants Champions League football or he wants a better package uh, at Bayern Munich. So any one of those are possible. But uh, Connor Gakpo, who can play left wide, centre forward and right wide, I think he is the PSV captain, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's somebody that we have been scouting, but I don't think there's serious interest there, just due to, again, a high fee for a player that's not proven over a number of seasons, not proven in the Premier League, and then also in the final two years of his contract. So a high fee uh, is probably not something that Arsenal are looking into, but we do need a right winger that can score goals, I, I feel, and then possibly try to loan out Pepe. But we'll see what happens in pre-season because uh, it, we've got a big squad headed out. I don't know why we've got five goalkeepers because imagine what it will be like if everybody is training. You've got now five goalkeepers all over the pitch. So I don't know why we've taken five goalkeepers. We've only taken Rule Walters. So that's the only academy player that we've taken. And furthermore, a full-strength Arsenal squad. I don't think anyone's injured. Vieira is just about done with his moon boot. And Tierney and Tomiyasu are both fit. Thomas has travelled with security. I'll leave it at that. So, a deep dive into the Arsenal. And uh, 
it's going to be interesting this upcoming preseason. I'm going to be analyzing the. I think we would have played twice by next week. So every Thursday I'll be making a podcast and releasing the podcast in the afternoon. And I think we would have played Everton. And we would have played, I think we're playing on Thursday morning South African time. We are playing Orlando City. So I'll have a look at those two games in the next podcast. And then I'm looking to do analysis on my favorite football games as a bonus podcast. I'll have a look, I'll re-watch a, a famous Arsenal game and uh, analytically go through uh, the things that went on during that game and if I can remember where I was and what I was doing and what I was thinking and feeling at that time. That is uh, a bonus podcast. The Gunning Truth. Thank you guys for joining me and I will hear from you guys on the socials. Keep safe.